You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. This is your host, Matt Lupe, and today I have Pierre Baptiste on with me. Pierre's a big Eagles fan. He's starting a new Twitter page and blog called The Philly Blitz, doing a lot of great work there with a lot of articles and tweets. Pierre, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, man. Good, good to hear. I'm happy to have you on. So today we are going to talk about the wide receiver group. It's a hot topic around the Eagles um, this entire offseason, even going back to midseason for the Eagles in 2019. Um, need to find ways to improve. And now that the Eagles haven't made any decisions to bring in a free agent wide receiver, all eyes are on the draft. But before we talk about draft prospects, we want to talk about who the Eagles have right now. Um, currently, the Eagles outside wide receivers are set to be Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. So we're going to start with the two of those and talk about them a little bit. Um, starting with this, Sean Jackson, I mentioned this on the last pod or two podcasts ago, um, just saying how everybody's counting him out right now. Just this time last year, everybody was so excited about what he was going to bring to the team, his speed, his leadership, how important that was going to be to Carson Wentz. And then he misses uh, 15 games and all of a sudden everybody forgets about him. Some didn't even want him on the team. Pierre, what's your take on Deshaun for 2020? Um, honestly, I mean, you just said everybody's counting them out. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to join that group. Um, if anything, my expectations for him is unreliability. I don't like, I don't think they can afford to bank on him being in the lineup for all 16 games. I mean, he hasn't played a full season since 2013. So I don't, I don't really, he, I don't, I don't really think he's really that reliable. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I get the argument. Um, my take on it is, yes, he does have the injury history for his entire career. He's missed uh, a few games here and there every single season, but this is his first time um, that he's missed this many, these many games. And when he's on the field, it's unmatched. He had 18.9 yards per catch in 2018 with Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, amazing, amazing production um, with quarterbacks that aren't up to par with Carson Wentz. And um, I understand that, you can't rely on him. You can't try to make him your number one receiver, but he's not going to be that. Um, he wouldn't have that spotlight on him, but if he's going to be on the team, I think we could all agree that he would have a pretty big role when he's healthy. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, when he's there, the production is there. I mean, we saw it in that one game against Washington he played last season. You know, mm-hmm. the chemistry with Wentz, it was there. But yeah. it's just the reliability factor with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So um, Deshaun Jackson as a player, he's a consistent deep threat. He's a great leader as well. Um, if you guys watched the All or Nothing series on Amazon, it was awesome to see him all off season and then um, on the field in week one, everybody was rooting for him coming back to Philly, but he would also give it back to them. Um, could you give me a sense of the production you would expect out of him? Um, say he plays a majority of the season. How many yards do you think he can uh get the entire season? Um, I'd say about probably 700 to 800 yards, 
probably about what seven, eight touchdowns. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was around 600 um, yards. I think that would be the safe bet just because we're expecting the Eagles to bring in um, a lot more wide receivers. They obviously have the tight ends, the running backs that they like to get involved a lot. Um, Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside looking to step into a bigger role. So I don't know if he's going to be uh, a receiver that's going to blow everyone away. And I predicted a couple weeks ago that no matter who they – unless they get – a clear cut number one wide receiver, like a CD lamb that we'll talk about later on. Um, Unless they get a guy like that. I don't even see anybody on this team amassing a thousand yards, a thousand receiving yards, just because the way that they like to distribute the ball, um, the tight ends and the running backs. I mean, it's just so tough no matter how good you are. And um, my uh, call to action for everyone is all these fans, they claim that they want speed so much uh, in the draft and free agency but why would you want to push away one of the best out there? If he's going to be available, if he's going to be healthy for even 12 games, I'm all for Deshaun Jackson staying. I mean, he's already going to, we know that he's going to be staying around, but give him the ball and let him produce um, no matter who else is around him in the wide receiver group. Yeah, definitely agree. And um, speaking on JJ, I think the white side, I don't think he should factor into their plans for the receiver position at all. Like, I mean, I understand they spent a second round pick on him, but, to me, he didn't really show anything at all to warrant them, you know, like, I don't, I just don't think, I don't think he can produce. I don't, I don't know. He's, he's just, yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm optimistic about him because um, I know he has the potential and I'm hoping it's just because he was a little bit, uh, he wasn't ready to be the number one receiver when all these injuries started hitting. Um, but I completely agree with you. If a guy like, T Higgins, that's similar to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. If he, say, falls to the second round and the Eagles want to get him, um, I mean, if that's the guy that you want, you can't say, oh, we got to um, plan around J.J. I mean, if you got to go get your guy, then you got to do it. Um, and he's really, to me, he really showed next to nothing last season. Yeah, yeah, he didn't provide anything. I mean, the only um, optimism about him is just because, hey, we got him in the second round. Um showed production in college. Hopefully he can come around. I hope he does. I mean, just for the sake of the offense, but in 2019, I mean, he had a few good catches here and there, but really wasn't up to par with any of the other wide receivers in the draft class. So um, yeah, not very promising there, but another wide receiver that we want to talk about before we get into other content is Alshon Jeffrey. What do you think happens with him? Is he staying or is he going? Honestly, I don't see a way that they can keep him. And it's not even looking at the um the locker room reports with him and Carson, not even looking mm-hmm. at that. But when you take into account the decline of play and the injuries combined with the locker room reports and things of that nature, I just don't think there's any way they can bring him back. Yeah. Um, this whole situation with him is wild. The Even during the entire season, everybody's like, all right, Alshon's gone. Then you start thinking about the money and everybody's like, okay, even if he – is going to have to get paid all that money. Even if they can't find a trade candidate, you got to get rid of him. And then um, the reporters are saying that, yes, he was the anonymous source. Um, it's a, a complete 180. It was yeah. expected that he was uh, clearly going to be off the team. And then all of a sudden he's still on. And then within the last week, Howie Roseman was saying, we really like Alshon Jeffrey. We want him around. And 
that just shocked me. I understand how he isn't going to come up on the podium or uh, the virtual call that they have to do now, but he's not going to say, um, oh, yeah, we're looking to get rid of him right now. That's not his place to say. Um, but he yeah. could have just handled it like, all right, we're talking to Alshon. We want to make sure that we're making the best decision. But he went out of his way to praise him and say that he wants Alshon Jeffrey to be in their plans. That just um, was amazing to me. And I agree with you. If he's an issue in a locker room, um, you have to get him out. There's no amount of money yeah. that you yeah. can put up with to have that toxic locker room. Because if you're trying to develop Carson Wentz into a uh, franchise quarterback that you want him to be, you can't, I mean, you got to take the hit. You got to take that cap hit and get him out. Um, But on like the more optimistic side, oh, first of all, he's not even healthy right now. Everybody's forgetting he has that foot injury. Um, He might not even be ready week one, but on the optimistic side, he's a pretty good player. He's tough. He does have that injury history uh, dislocated, or yeah, the rotator cuff and the ribs the past two or three seasons and now the foot injury, but he matches up well against uh, pretty much any corner. He's not matchup proof by any means. He's not a top wide receiver anymore, but he would be a pretty good option at wide receiver three. But in my opinion, it has to start with, is he going to be an issue in the locker room? If he is, he can't be on the team. And I um I actually wrote about when you were talking about uh, Carson and him being the franchise quarterback. I wrote about mm-hmm. this in my latest post. With him being the franchise quarterback, all everybody has to be behind him. Yep. With Alshon, if you're not behind him, there's no way you can be on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to build this culture around one player, exactly, and, exactly. I mean, you can't have, especially a wide receiver, someone that he's supposed to have that amazing chemistry. I mean, if it's a defensive end that isn't going to be on the field with Carson Wentz I mean yeah you might put up with it if it's a skill level like a Brandon Graham or something like if you have that talent but a wide receiver I mean if you're on the same page and that's something that you want to start on the field and play 70% of the snaps I mean it's not going to work because every single play Carson Wentz isn't going to be looking at Alshon Jeffrey first and Alshon Jeffrey isn't going to be wanting the ball and it's just not a good situation um I, I really I'm torn. I if my take is um if he's an issue, get him out. But if some way, somehow it turns out that he wasn't the issue, it was someone else um criticizing Carson Wentz, I would say it would probably be it would probably make most sense to keep him around. Um keep him as only if he's the third or fourth best wide receiver on the team. Keep him around get use out of that fully guaranteed contract this 2020 season. That's fully guaranteed. Try to get 400 yards out of him and then make a decision next season. So it makes a little bit more sense financially, but also say he's um, injured for the first couple of weeks of the season, maybe come week five, week six, when injuries hit in the NFL, you could possibly trade him for a late round pick. Um, it, it does make on the surface. It makes a lot of sense to keep him around but you got to dig deep into it. And I hope that the Eagles front office and coaching staff are doing their homework and making sure that they make the best decision for the team. So yeah, I mean, Alshon, it's tough, but um, right now that's what the Eagles have at wide receiver with Alshon and Deshaun Jackson. But luckily there's got, there's a lot of talent in the draft um, coming up. So obviously everybody knows that there's three arguably elite receivers, um, that are going to go the first three. That's CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. 
Uh, it's unlikely that the, that any of those players are going to fall to 21 where the Eagles pick. So if they wanted to get that great talent, they would have to trade up. What's your take on trading up in this draft? Me personally, I think it is imperative that they do so. You, you know, they didn't sign anyone in free agency. Mm-hmm. They didn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs. They have to trade up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from because uh, you you got to get the guy that you fall in love with. If it's a C.D. Lamb, you got to go get him. There's been too many times in past uh, previous drafts that the Eagles have sat back and you end up with a guy like um, – Playing on uh, in uh, in 2017, everybody was all over Christian McCaffrey, and then he goes eighth overall. You wait six more picks, and you get Derek Barnett. It's a solid pick. I mean, he's not living up to that expectations, but um, you're, you're you're taking your next best option. I would rather trade up yeah. and go get the guy that you want. Um, I think the draft picks are very important. They have eight of them though, so I think trading a future first round pick to get into the top 10 would be a little much um, just because the Eagles have extra needs and people want them to draft two wide receivers, at least might be a little bit much to give up future draft capital or like a second round pick this year, but they definitely need to see how the board falls. If one falls into the teens, you've got to go and make some calls. And just to point out, it's reported that San Francisco 49ers may be looking to trade back um, after that trade with uh, getting DeForest Buckner over to the Colts, they got number 13 overall. So might want to make a call to them because I assume that you'd be guaranteed to get at least Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs. What's your take on that? Um, well, I mean, like I said, trading up, I think it's imperative to do so. Mm. You have Carson Wentz, he's going into his fifth season. You have to get him an elite number one receiver. Yep. You have to. Yeah, and they're they're so lucky with this year. This draft class is amazing. Um, it yeah, doesn't yeah. It, it doesn't stop with those three guys. I mean, even if they go uh, the top fifteen picks, there's much more talent to be had in rounds one, two, and even three. I mean, late late round picks could turn out to be great wide receivers, but we're going to give you our top six wide receivers. Pierre, can you list your top six and tell me why you like those at each position? All right, at um number six, I have Jalen Rieger. Mm-hmm. This guy reminds me of Tyreek Hill so much when watching him. He's a very twitchy athlete, very speedy, strong hands, good route running ability. Um, at number five, Denzel Mims. I think Denzel Mims has the highest upside of any receiver in this draft. From physicality standpoint to speed standpoint, I think he reminds me a lot of um DK Metcalf from last year's draft. Yeah. Um, and uh, number four, Justin Jefferson. Versatility. That's the number one word that comes to mind when I think of him. Um, I think he's the most reliable receiver in the draft. He's pro ready. He has, he's a very good route runner, good footwork, great play strength. I think he has the highest floor of any receiver in this draft. Mm-hmm. And um, number three, Henry Ruggs. Um, he's very athletic, speedy receiver. Um, he's, I think he's the top deep threat in this draft. Um, at number two, Jerry Judy. He's the best route runner in this draft. Very fundamental and technique-oriented receiver. Um, and, of course, number one, C.D. Lamb. I don't think it needs to be explained much. He's very b- big-time receiver, explosive, you know, sure-handed. He's deadly after the catch. I, mm-hmm. He's the clear-cut number one receiver in his draft. Yeah, definitely. Our lists are pretty similar. Um, I have the same one through three. So I'll start with them, and then we could discuss uh, the 
receivers after that. So CD lamb, obviously he's the best one out there. He is, uh, he's very physical. He's a thin receiver, but he does not lack any type of physicality. Um, doesn't have amazing speed, but he takes great angles after he catches the ball, um, can make people mm-hmm. miss. And he's like a DeAndre Hopkins. That's the uh, player comp- comparison that everybody's going to. And I think it's perfect. Jerry Judy is super explosive, um, pretty nice route running. And he's probably the safest pick in the draft just because CD lamb um, is in my opinion, the most complete wide receiver, but just because he's not, built up to be that physical receiver at the next level. Um, Jerry Judy has all the traits for his uh, build. So I think Jerry Judy is probably the safest pick, but CeeDee Lamb has a higher ceiling. Um, He's like an Odell. Jerry Judy is like an Odell Beckham. Henry Ruggs, easily the best option for speed. Um, He's home run hitter type player. And that's a perfect player to have in a Doug Peterson run offense because he's like an X factor. He can be plugged in anywhere. but he's probably not going to be the number one target in an offense. And I think he's going to be similar to like Tyree kill in the NFL Um, really like Henry Ruggs and everybody seemed to fall in love with him after the combine, after he ran a really good 40 yard dash. But after that uh, we have two similar similarities, one difference. Um, Number four, I'm going to go with Jalen Rager because I mean, I, I really like him. I think the Eagles should definitely consider him. Um, a lot of people have different wide receivers above him on their big boards, but I think he should definitely be a uh, consideration at pick 21 because he has that deep threat speed, but he can do a lot more than just that. And um, a big knock on him is his numbers, but I mean, he played at TCU. He didn't have a lot of productivity because of the quarterback play. Um, He's a really good double move. He's great at tracking the ball. And when I watch him, I see Deshaun Jackson, um, I think he would be awesome to have uh, with the Eagles because he can do a lot more than just deep threat like a Deshaun Jackson can. So if you can have that similar type of player, even with Deshaun Jackson on the roster, um, it's a perfect situation for the Eagles. Number five, I have Justin Jefferson, everybody's favorite wide receiver right now for the Eagles. He's a great route runner. Like you said, very versatile. Um, A lot of people are saying, oh, he's a slot wide receiver, but people are, you know, getting that, uh, you know, statement out of picture because he is not just a slot wide receiver. He can do a lot more think, than that. I think that narrative is completely overblown. Yeah, for sure. And I'm happy that so many people on Twitter and these blogs are um, proving that it is false. So uh, doing a lot of great work on that. And I think Joe Burrow, I mean, his court, his former quarterback at LSU, I think he plays pretty similar to Carson Wentz. So if he excelled with Joe Burrow, I mean, it's got to be pretty comparable to Carson Wentz if he was uh, with the Eagles and Devontae Adams is a player that he reminds me of. Number six, our uh, difference on the list here, I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault. Um, A lot of people are forgetting about him just because he just suffered a uh, injury. It was a core injury. He's super physical. He's got strong hands. And you probably haven't even seen his full potential yet because he went to Colorado He didn't have the best quarterback play, just like Jalen Rager. So he's an all-around great player, comparable to Sammy Watkins um, when he was coming out of uh, college at Clemson. Obviously, Sammy Watkins is going to go a lot higher than LaVisca Chenault did, but I think they're similar. And LaVisca Chenault, just very versatile, um, like a Justin Jefferson, like a Jerry Judy. They're different type of players, but they can do it all. Uh, What do you think about those bottom three that I had? 
Um, I should know. I like him a lot. I think he'd fit in our offense, but the only thing is with him, I've seen, a, like, watching the film, I've seen a lot of, like, lacking concentration when I'm uh, mm-hmm. catching the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I don't really know. And then you have the durability issue with him. And, yeah. You know, he didn't really run well in his own 40. Did he run the 40? No, no. I don't think. I was... didn't, yeah. yeah. I think he tried to run it, and then he pulled the hamstring or something like that. Yep. But, um, yeah, with him, it's just the durability. And um, your number five was who again? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's probably my favorite wide receiver target in this draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, your number four was was a Jalen Rieger. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, Tyreek Hill. He, mm-hmm. That's who I see when I watch him play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong. All six of these guys would be yeah. amazing yeah. options, and it, there's more too. We limited to just six on the list, but you can go further and include. A guy like KJ Hamler, um, you had Denzel Mims. I really like Mims as well. I think he is a fantastic wide receiver. The only thing, I mean, he shows up on tape. If you watch him, he's great. The thing that just, I don't know, makes me a little bit hesitant is before he did amazing at the uh, the Senior Bowl, he uh, he was probably a day two pick, I would say. Um, He didn't have any first round conversations and then he started, his stock started rising and rising, had a good combine rose even more. And then now all of a sudden people are saying he can go in the twenties. That's a big jump and he deserves it. He deserves all the hype around him, but at the same time, would it be better to get a guy like Justin Jefferson or Jalen Rieger or the top three guys that were already slated to go in the first round? They're the more reliable picks. Um, Mims, I agree with you. I think he has amazing potential. It's just kind of concerning there. Um, and also, he did run the 40 really well, but he doesn't play that fast. Um, so I think getting somebody that has a little bit more natural speed and playing speed would be more important, even though he's a beast. I mean, Mims is amazing. Really physical receiver, uh, can go and get the contested ball. Uh, I really like him. I, he's seventh on my list to be honest and then um kj hamler would be eight but um yeah what do you, what do you have um brandon Ayuk? i have him at nine i have him right he, okay. he i've been going uh between him and kj hamler a lot i'm actually going to talk about him in a little bit but uh yeah that, it's actually a really good um transition so um i'll start off with that our next segment really real quick is um the best wide receiver to target we have a couple names for you guys Brandon Ayuk, I would say, is the ideal target in round two because um, what I see out of him, he's not the greatest route runner, but he has amazing ability after the catch. He is uh, so good with that. He's really, really fast, Um, just an excellent athlete, even watching him, uh, you know, training and stuff. And I would say the Eagles are probably best off addressing speed in round two. You can double dip in wide receivers. Um, Go get Brandon Ayuk. Because uh, first round, you can get a guy like Justin Jefferson or Denzel Mims who aren't going to be the fastest guys, but you can address it later. Um, you can kind of double dip and get best of both worlds. Um, Ayuk and Hamler, they're very, very close to me. Um, I've been watching them a lot just to try to see who I'm going to have over each other. Um, Hamler is, I would say, a better prospect, but at the same time, his size really really uh, makes me hesitant about him because at 5'8", 5'9", is he going to be ready to go up against a top corner in the league? I mean, I think he's really going to struggle when he gets into the NFL um, and he's not great with his hands to even get by them. So 
that's what concerns me. But um, since you mentioned him, what do you think about Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk, um, I think he has very high upside, but that's if he goes into the right system, which yeah. would be the Philadelphia Eagles West Coast offense with Doug Peterson. Ayuk, mm-hmm. um, he has very long arms, and like you said, he is absolutely electric after the catch. Mm-hmm. He, I'm not going to say he's Odell, but he reminds me of Odell looking at him after the catch. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, Yeah, he's super exciting. I think he's another player that – people probably aren't talking about as much as they should. Um, I think teams are going to value him. I mean, I think draft day people are going to be surprised. I think teams are going to value Jalen Rieger and Brandon Ayuk a lot more than fans are currently, if that makes sense. Um, just because of their, they, they just, they have something about they, their speed, but they could do a lot more than just their speed. Um, but going back to how we started this, the best wide receivers to target for the Eagles um, I'm, com- I'm not opposed to double dipping in rounds one and rounds two. Obviously you can wait, you can get a r- wide receiver in round one and then wait till round four and grab another decent re- receiver. However, if you go address it in one and two, you're set for the next couple of years. Um, you can get, uh, some guys to fill it in, but, um, I would say in round one at, Pick number 21, the top three guys are going to be gone. Say the Eagles don't trade up. They don't trade down. They stay put. I would say Jalen Rieger, Justin Jefferson are the best options there. Um, It's a real close battle between the two of them. Right now I have Rieger above Jefferson, but um, you can't really go wrong with either of them. And then I have them double dipping and getting Brandon Ayuk in round two. Who are your best targets there? I have the exact same guys you have. Awesome, awesome. But um, I think I have Jefferson above Rieger. Mm-hmm. only because Jefferson's versatility. I think because he can play in the slot, he can play outside. Like I said, I think he has the highest floor of any receiver in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. And it's a good problem to have trying to yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. think between these great receivers because there's so many of them and it goes into round two. Um, we touched on KJ Hamler a little bit. Um, can you talk a little bit more about him? What you see out of him? Um, I like KJ Hamler, but like you said, it's just his size. He's just so small. Yeah. Like, he's gonna he's gonna get off physical a lot when he gets to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I I think between him and Ayuk, they're similar players, but um, I think I like both, Ayuk more. Yeah, I I I would have to agree with you just because of the size. If Hamler was a little bit bigger, oh, I would uh, he would definitely be in my top six. But um, yeah. I think they're both gonna struggle a little bit when they enter the league just because of the way that they play. But yeah. it's Ayuk, you can coach him to be better. KJ Hamler, you yeah. can't coach anyone to get uh, any taller. So yeah. that's that's the issue there. Um, but and then tra- on Hamler, I saw um, yeah. I saw today on Twitter. I think it said he had like twelve drops this past season. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean that can be that can be coached to mm-hmm. help a little bit, but you know I don't know. Yeah, I, I think drops for the most part they transition pretty similarly you can't take someone with 12 drops and then all of a sudden you go down to two that's uh that's an insane difference there so um when i when i look at drops obviously you can uh have a little bit leeway here and there either more drops or less drops but it's not something that's all of a sudden a player can pick up on um getting stronger hands and all of a sudden they're catching everything it's uh, probably like a prime example. Prime example of that is Nelson Aguilar looking at his yep. 2017 season and then this past 2019 season. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he definitely struggled with that. And the Eagles shouldn't be targeting anybody with drops issues because they struggled so much with it, not even last year, but the past few seasons. Um, I, in all this crazy time when we're supposed to be staying at home, I've been watching a lot of previous Eagles games. And in 2017, I forgot how many times um, Torrey Smith dropped the ball. It was so frustrating because Wentz would have perfect deep balls to him and he would drop it. And um, I finally want a deep threat. Even Deshaun Jackson um, is going to be available. He's going to be on the team, but another deep threat that can bring the ball in and score those touchdowns because Wentz will put it there. You just got to make sure you catch the ball. Yeah. All right. So going into the last part of the podcast, we have late round sleepers. Uh, Can you give me a couple of names that you have late in the draft? All right. um, First guy I have, uh, Jeff Thomas. I I think Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, Extremely, he's a deep threat. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Percy Harvin in Washington play. Um, He ran a 4-4-5-40, and he averaged 16.7 yards per catch in his three-year career at Miami. Um, I think he'd fit well in our offense on uh, screens, which Doug likes, yeah, which Doug likes to use. And um, he he also offers production as a returner, but he comes with character concerns because he was kicked off the team after the 2018 season, and then he was reinstated and suspended for two games last season. But um, I think he'll be there in around the fourth or fifth round for us mm-hmm. to pick. And uh, my second guy I have is uh, Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. Um, six four receiver, big body, um, physical. He has a great ball skills. He doesn't drop many passes, um, and I think he can be what JJ Arcega Whiteside was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hodgins is and great. Looking, really. looking at um those two, like if you draft Justin Jefferson, say you go Justin Jefferson in the first at a, mm-hmm. at twenty one, and the second guy you can get could be Jeff Thomas. You so you get your versatile receiver, and then you get your deep threat. Or if you go, you know, deep thread in the first with Rieger and you get Isaiah Hodgins, mm. it'd be a good combo either of the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I took a similar approach to the late round sleepers. You picked uh, a burner, deep threat. I picked two of them because I think that that's probably the best way to get your speed, um, get those late round picks. They'll probably have um, a knock on them here and there, but uh, they have that speed that you can try to coach them up anywhere else. So my first one is Maurice French. He uh, spent college time at Pitt and he said, <clears throat> I looked at an interview that he had uh, with a reporter about missing his pro day because of the coronavirus and all that. They asked him what he's doing. Um, he says he ran a four, four in the summer um, before his senior season. And I've watched him. He's a great returner. And I think that's something that the Eagles have been lacking. Even when Darren Sproles is on the team is just not the same returner as he used to be. But Maurice French is a kickoff returner and a punt returner. I think that should be something the Eagles should value um, because he can also contribute as a wide receiver. He's not going to be top three, top four wide receiver by any means, but he could definitely return the ball well. And I think that shouldn't be um, overlooked at all. He performed well, um, especially his senior year with very poor quarterback play. Um, He broke Larry Fitzgerald's single season reception record at Pitt. Uh, I believe he had, 98 and Fitzgerald had 96 so barely beat it but now he is the record holder over the future hall of famer Larry Fitzgerald and um, he had eight plays over 50 yards and a team captain his senior year so um, really good production but he was also a defensive back his freshman year that's what um, interests me the most because he's just a freakish athlete he's all around talented really quick um, but made the transition to wide receiver and he really excelled at it 
And then my second player is Darnell Mooney. He ran a 4-3-8-40, um, probably one of the fastest wide receivers in the draft class. And he's similar to KJ Hamler um, in his size and his playing style, but obviously he's not going to be a second-round pick or possibly even a, a late first-round pick like KJ Hamler will be. He goes for his contested catches. I don't think KJ Hamler does that enough, but the biggest knock on him is the drops. Um, I think that's, like I said before, you can't look at players that have the drop issues because um, it's something that the Eagles have struggled with so much. So Mooney and French, they're both really fast players. They got a lot to bring to the table, um, but also you can't expect too much out of them. I think if you go for either of these players, um, you would have to have a big physical receiver earlier like Jefferson or Mims um, to combat getting a uh, faster receiver later in the draft. That's going to have a couple issues, but um, at least he can be that burner that Carson Wentz needs. So before we close out, do you have any um, extra comments or anything you want to talk about these wide receivers and what you think the Eagles should do around the position? Um, one thing I just want to say is just speed. That's what we need. Mm. We need speed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it was reported that the Eagles are looking for speed at not just wide receiver, but many other positions. So that could include linebacker, safety, corner, um, running back. They still need a couple running backs on the team. So they're, they're looking for it everywhere. I think people are going to be very pleased with this draft because um, they want to make sure that they're getting faster all around, faster and younger. But I would say that Howie Roseman shouldn't limit it to just speed because that's when you're going to run into some problems. If you're going to limit your uh, wide receiver pick to just speed, all of a sudden you're cutting it in half, maybe even cutting it into a fourth. Um, so make sure that especially in round one, you keep it open and you include guys like Mims and Jefferson that might not play as fast as Ruggs or Rieger, but they still bring so much to the table. They can be really, really good receivers in this league. Yeah, I agree. So, Pierre, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was fun to talk well, about wide receivers. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, everybody, make sure you check out the Philly Blitz on Twitter and uh, on his blog. He does great work. Um, so, make sure you check that out for and all your needs. The blog is uh, thephillyblitz.wordpress.com. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys check that out. He's uh, posting a lot of stuff on there lately. So, um, check it out. And uh, happy to have you on again. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully the Eagles can, uh, you know, follow our suggestions here. And I think they'd be set up pretty well at wide receiver. What do you think? All right. I agree. I agree, man. All right. Thanks, Pierre. It's good talking to you. Thanks. Thank you all for listening and uh, go birds. All right.